This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. It's always so good to start a day by just talking about, hopefully, truths that matter. We've been talking about the Bible and specifically about translations, and and we're doing so just because I I don't know how many people actually talk about, think about different Bible translations, and I think so often we we forget that the Bible wasn't written in our particular language, Mm -hmm. that it came from a language group, and this just, just shows God's goodness to us, that he preserved these languages, Hebrew and Greek and have preserved people that know those languages and continue to teach those languages. And this is part of the reason why we send men to to seminary, to be trained in the original languages, so that they can do the work and study within their their prep for, for preaching that they go back to the original, go back to the original Hebrew, go back to the original Greek, and, and wrestle with, okay, how best can I convey this truth to those that are hearing? Because some of the nuances don't come out in the translation, and so you go back to the Hebrew and Greek to, to try to figure out, okay, what is the tense? What is the, the exact meaning of this word? How am I to, to try to capture this best to convey these truths? But all of that to say that you still, as just a, an, a common person that is a, a child of God, that has the Bible at, in your home, can have extreme amount of confidence mm-hmm. in those English translations because, for the most part, those translations have been done by people that are faithfully trying to convey what was in the Greek and the Hebrew. However... And this is where you cue the dark music. Mm-hmm. Is that the Imperial March? The Imperial oh, March. Yes, Sorry. yes, here we I, go I know. again. it up from yesterday. Here we go. Um, <clears throat> there are some translation teams that have an agenda. Mm-hmm. And they are trying to impose their beliefs, their ideas, their um, whatever on the text. And we're going to just talk about a couple of those examples just so that you're aware that not all translations are created equal. So a lot of us in the room grew up on the NIV, which is now called the NIV 84. Many of the verses that I memorized, that I know, the scriptures that I read were almost 100% in the NIV when I was growing up, and I've benefited greatly from that. However, the NIV took a translation turn in the last couple decades and let's just briefly talk about what was that translation turn. Well, um, they began to, instead of holding to that translation that they had made, they began to make changes. And so they came out with something called the TNIV, today's NIV. And um, some of that was to be less 
you know, less gender specific, you know, so they began. Uh, in relation they, to God. Yeah, in, yeah. in relation to God and to, in relation to other, pl- you know, they, they did change it in other places. And it is, in one sense, there was certain acceptable things, you know, when it says, you know, we talked about this. And when it says, uh, you know, my brothers in the Greek, uh, that included, you know, just like when we're talking about mankind, that includes men and women, you know, but, but they began also to change the nature of what was being taught mm. by actually addressing things about God. And as Russ, you, I don't want to take your words from me, but doesn't God have the right to his own personal pronouns? <laughs> <laughs> well, the fact is that we aren't left to wonder. Mm-hmm. So in the Hebrew, you always know the gender that's attached to a word. Mm-hmm. You're never guessing. It's mm-hmm. declared. Well, well, the same thing with with Greek. With the it's, Greek. it's like yep. it's like Spanish. You know, it. You know, there are gendered endings. Uh, you know, it, you know, and there there has to be agreement in 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 gender and case throughout that passage of scripture. And so, on a translation, we can't impose cultural sensibilities on the text and say, "Well, we don't want to use." gender-specific pronouns because that's offensive. No, God chose gender-specific pronouns. And whatever he chose, that's what we have to translate. Mm -hmm. And so we can't use cultural sensibilities to impose our will on the text. Mm -hmm. And so this is why we're saying not all translations are created equal. There are some that have have been influenced by culture, by society, by norms that ought not to have happened. Mm-hmm. One of the helpful things is when you're picking out a Bible translation is typically there'll be a translator's commentary on the front side of your Bible. So if you open it up, and if you don't just skip to Genesis 1, but if you go through the opening pages, mm-hmm. there will be comments from the translation team about their philosophy and that some of the choices they made. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know the ESV does this, I know the CSB does this, and uh, the TNE, TNIV will do that as well. So when you're selecting a translation, it's always helpful to look at kind of that preface material to know what you, what kind of translation philosophy those author or uh, those transcribers took. It's not it's not just something that's happened in the last couple of decades, nope. but uh, you know, I mean, uh, years before there were there were translations like like for instance the you know the Revised Standard Version that translation team oftentimes was trying to take the miraculous out of the scripture you know so uh, rather than speak about uh, you know where where Isaiah talks about you know the the Messiah to come would be born of a virgin they will put young woman and so they tried they they yes she was a young woman but they're but That's they're trying miraculous. to but they're trying to <laughs> right. take the miraculous out, and so we have to be aware that you know some of the translators uh, have entered into a spin zone. Mm-hmm. As we consider just picking a translation, really, there are so many that you can pick that are are great translation works. Um, Jonathan kind of ended yesterday by saying he's benefited by being in the King James and the New King James and the ESV and the NIV and and really any of there are so many faithful translations that you can pick but really the goal is 
that you don't just simply have Bibles in your home, mm-hmm. but that you recognize what it is, that it's the very Word of God. And this is circling back to a couple of shows ago, that it's inspired, that it's God-breathed, that God has graciously revealed himself to us, not just in the world, the creation that surrounds us, but that he has graciously revealed himself in his word. Mm. And he has given us his word so that he might be known. And so the goal is that you're in God's word. So as in the second half of today's show, Let's just take a little bit of time and, and go through what, what are some, some tools, what are some helps, what are some aids that you can suggest to our readers that might help them to faithfully be in God's Word and faithfully um, navigate their study of God's Word. Think well, first, uh, oh, go ahead, John. I was, was going to say, just as a bridge there, um, people have asked what's the best translation that they can have. And the answer to that is the one that you'll read. Once you're reading, then that develops the appetite to maybe uh, understand that text better. But you're not going to really desire to understand that text unless you're actually reading God's Word. And so it first starts with just simply immersing yourself in God's Word. That's where it, and, and you will pick up some benefit to understanding because it's not just it's not just that we believe in scripture alone but we believe in toda scripture all of scripture and so scripture begins to inform scripture and so when you're in god's word you're going to find that the less clear places are made more clear by are made clear by these more clear aspects of God's Word. So it's actually about immersing yourself in God's Word is the first place that you go. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. the first thing is a, a good personal uh, reference Bible. This will be a Bible that has cross-reference notes throughout the Scriptures mm-hmm. so that as you're reading, uh, you see little tiny footnotes that will help you take to other places in the Scripture that will clarify meaning and make connections for you. A second good tool, I think, is a good study Bible. So mm-hmm. most publishers will, will produce a study version which will have concise commentary and and notes to provide some context. And then for me, I always like to have a Bible encyclopedia and dictionary on hand that'll give me mm-hmm. background to persons I might meet in the, in the Bible, because most of us are not familiar with first century Roman culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of things I like to recommend to people is there, especially if they're you know, either trying to get started in Bible reading or maybe get back into it. Maybe they've, it's fallen by the wayside. But uh, one plan that um, I encourage people to do is to read it as there was a pastor back east that uh, one of our pastors there who said he's his plan is basically he reads the Bible like a novel. Um, you know, as we we pick up a book, you know, we might read a few pages, maybe we'll read a chapter, maybe we'll read it just a few pages, whatever we have time for. But the primary commitment that he made was I'll read at least a verse. So just have that basic commitment. I'll read a verse and then a, a minimum but then read however much you want. And in addition to that, I, I find helpful to just keep like a little journal, whereas I'm, I read a passage, section of scripture, if there's a verse that really you know, sticks out at me, I, I keep track of okay, what I've read and then the verses that you know, jump out at me, I, I write those down in the journal and then I just dot, jot a couple comments about them, thoughts, and then spend time in prayer. And that's, that's been something I've really benefited from. So just to circle back to some things that all three have just said here, I, th- I think as you sit down and read, what Jonathan is saying is so essential that you, you're going to read. 
And you have to decide there are different ways to read the Bible. All of them are, are helpful. All of them are good. So, And that will help determine what tool you have beside you. So sometimes you're reading just for volume in the fact that it is a book that's telling a story. And so sometimes I like to, to read my Bible with what's called a reader's Bible. It strips away all of the verses and the chapters and the the mechanisms and just gives you the book. And sometimes I, I find that to be helpful and refreshing because sometimes for me personally, I get distracted mm-hmm. by the study notes, by the references, by... And so sometimes I just need that taken away. So I'm I'm just concentrating because all of those mechanisms came later, right? Yeah. right? They didn't write chapter and verse when they were writing the the original. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I just like to do a reader's Bible. Sometimes I really like to have the reference Bible that Vinny was talking about, where as I'm reading and I come across a phraseology that's especially meaningful or maybe slightly confusing or whatever, then I like to follow the references and say, well, where else was that used? Mm-hmm. And then there are other times when I just like to have a good study Bible where I'm looking at it and saying, okay, I'm a little confused by this verse. I'm going to see a little bit of commentary on it in the bottom of my Bible and read a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So I think depending on how you're reading, and the key is that you're reading, and at a minimum commit to the verse a day that Ryan was talking about, Mm -hmm. be in God's Word, then that might help determine what tool that you want available as you're doing that. We're out of time. We'll talk about this again next time and we will see you then.